Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. It's time to follow up with these two spies. They met with Rahab. They hear her confession. They come to a, a deal whereby Rahab and her family would be spared. Then they go deeper into Canaan, that is west. Israel is camped on the east bank of the Jordan. Right across the river is the city of Jericho. But then farther west, past Jericho, is a bunch of hill country where these spies can hide out. So here is the text, and we'll give some logistical context, and then we'll zoom in hard on what's really significant about these few verses. So the two men went into the hill country, that's farther west, deeper into Canaan, and stayed there three days, remember that, until the pursuers had returned. They searched along the way, but did not find them. Then the men returned, came down from the hill country, and crossed the Jordan. So now they're back on the east bank, uh, the eastern bank of the, on the eastern side. They went to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported everything that had happened to them. Remember verse 24, they told Joshua, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in the land is is also panicking because of us. So I'm going to start by just uh, further explaining verses 22 and 23, and then I want us to just, I want you to see something so beautiful about verse 24. So we see that everything is taking place over the course of three days. If you're watching this on video at allies.network, you can see that, yeah, it's three days. All right, these guys are in the hill country for three days. That's the same three days that were foretold here in Joshua 1, 11, Go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. Same three days that we see in, we'll see in the next chapter, chapter, chapter 3, verse 2. After three days, the officers went through the camp. So a lot's happening over these three days. If you remember earlier in the exchange between Rahab and the king's officials in 2 verse 7, she pretends not to know where they're going. And she lies, but I'll let you go back and watch the previous devotions for more on that. In verse 7 of chapter 2, it says, The men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan, which means that the officials looking for the spies went the wrong direction. They went east, back to the Jordan River. Meanwhile, the spies, according to today's text, had gone west into the hill country to wait for these three days. As soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. All right, now, that's what's happening here. Rahab has misdirected the spies, uh, misdirected the, the officials. The spies have gone west. Officials have gone east. They wait three days, and then they come back across the Jordan to, to the home base camp where Joshua is waiting. Joshua's ministry was very much like a redux version of Moses' ministry with some critical differences. They both experience a baptism, Moses' ministry through the Red Sea, Joshua's through the Raging Jordan, as you're going to see. They also both have these reports from the Promised Land. Here is the report that was brought back to Moses from the Promised Land from the set of spies that went across in the first generation of the Israelites, Numbers chapter 13, verses 22 through 33. So the spies go and they cut down a branch of uh, a, a branch with a single cluster of grapes, which was carried on a pole by two men. It's incredible. The promised land is absolutely amazing. Remember, this is a flashback. Okay, this is this is uh, Numbers chapter thirteen. 
They also took some pomegranates and figs, which I imagine were really massive. And they, they, they named this valley after those grapes. And so the, the men go back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness, and they give their report. And so you can see that it's incredible. It's indeed flowing with milk and honey, and here's some of its fruit. And then look at the difference in the reports. We just read the report that was given to Joshua from the spies. Go back a generation and look at this report. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. Okay, like, duh, they're looking at Jericho. They can see the walls uh, in, in Joshua. We also saw the descendants of Anak there, meaning that they're giants. The Amalekites are living in the land of, uh, of the Negev. The Hethites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. That means that they, they saw Jericho way back then. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. This is why Caleb is the only one uh, other than Joshua at this meeting who's actually going to get a piece of the promised land. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. There's their response. We can't. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. So this is a this is a report that may have even been factually accurate, may have been exaggerated, but either way was cowardly. Juxtapose it with Caleb's take on the matter. Let's go up now and take possession of it because we can certainly conquer it. So you get this divided, this divided moment, and it ends up with Moses and Aaron basically just collapsing before the Back to Egypt committee. Now, in Joshua's, under Joshua's leadership, the response is totally different. This is their response. This is their, their uh, report from the spies. The Lord has handed over the entire land to us. They saw the same fortified city of Jericho that the previous generation had seen. Everyone who lives in the land is also panicking because of us. That's the polar opposite of what the first generation spies said. The first generation spies were panicking because of the people who lived there. This next generation of spies is saying they're panicking because of us. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, they both went to the same land, reported back to the same national leadership, albeit a generation later. But the second generation was successful because they believed upon God. They saw what God had done. The people who lived in Jericho had heard about the crossing of the Red Sea. That was 40 years prior to this moment. They had heard about the victories that had come. And they were terrified of the people of God. In the first generation, the spies were terrified of what was on the other side of the Jordan. In the second generation, the people on the other side of the Jordan were terrified of the people of God. Because of God, this second generation had faith. Joshua and Caleb were the only two survivors from that generation, and they also were the only two who were at both of these reports. Only Joshua and Caleb believed that they could go. And conquer it. And so it's no coincidence that only Joshua and Caleb would go. Okay, what you believe God is capable of doing is often quite proportionate to what God will do. Do not be overcome by the size of the waves, but look to Jesus. It is by his strength that you can walk on them anyway.
He's the one who provides the power, not you and I. Perhaps the first generation of Israelites were correct. We are not strong enough. They are stronger than us. To drive this home for the context of members of the Redemption Church, yeah, it's true. This lostness is greater than anything we could address by our own abilities. And yes, this real estate market is exorbitant compared to what any of us can afford on our own. But we believe God. When he, Jesus himself, said that the gates of Hades would not overcome his church, we believe God, that he is able, that he is able, that he is able. He has given us the commission to make disciples of all nations, to teach them everything God has commanded. That's what we're doing here. And to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's what we do in Lake Sammamish. So as a church, we are on the banks of a Jordan River looking across to what is next. As you look at the real estate prices, as you look at the cultural climate, may you be more like the faith-filled spies from the second generation than the fearful and actually probably quite rational report from the spies of the first generation. The difference is one of faith. Do not be overwhelmed by evil, but overwhelm evil with good. Do not be overwhelmed by the largely atheistic culture of the greater Seattle area, but let the Holy Spirit of God bring merciful revival and overwhelm the evil to which you and I with our sin even contribute. May you be more like the second generation of Israel and her spies that look across the Jordan and come back with a report of what God is able to do.